It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. All right, guys, April, excuse me, it's May 8th. Excuse me, wow. Don't even know my months. May 8th, 2018, installment of Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO. Quietest offseason I remember in quite some time, Randy Peterson. Thank goodness, you know. <laughs> we deserve a, one. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of stuff to do. I mean, it's it's nice to have the summer to work on projects. Um, you know, I got a couple FOIA stuff going right now, and it's just nice to sit back and do some of that stuff instead of every day having to crank out that somebody's been arrested or somebody said something stupid or, you know, and that'll come. That'll come. Yeah, somebody's going to say something dumb. Somebody, yeah, there'll be, there'll be something. But uh, yeah, for now, knock on wood, it's it's um, it's the way it should be. How are you, Tommy? I'm lovely. How about you? Fantastic. Never been better than this very moment right here, talking cyclones with you and Randy Peterson. I like it when you wore your Clorinda A shirt. Yeah, you got to represent. You know, you represent the Ozzie, the Ozzie Smith days. Man, man, uh, Ozzie Smith, uh, the great Chuck Merle Everly, Chuck Knobloch, uh, some Von Hayes. Bon Hayes, too, yeah, yeah. The, the Bennis brothers mm-hmm. played I, some ball in Clorinda. I read the book, uh, I think, last summer about the the, the A's and yeah. the... Merle Everly. Uh, yeah. yeah. What did you think? Great book. I mean, I knew some of the history because I'd been up there a few times when, like, Knobloch and Ozzy would come back and yeah. meet people. So. so Ozzy still does that every year. Yeah, that's... I was trying to tell Ross that yesterday that... I don't think his boys, his boy just turned eight. I don't think Eli'd probably care much about Ozzy Smith, but that's still a Hall of Famer. Is you know? there? Yeah, is come get there, a picture with BJ him. played down there too. Did, did yeah, he, he played there for yeah. a while because um, Merle was his grandpa. Yeah, Mer- exactly. Yeah, there you know, can't be a house in Clarenda that doesn't have an Ozzy Smith autograph or a right? gun. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. You're right, though. Um, there are a dime a dozen in Clarenda, but if you go online or something like you can. Heck, I could probably make some money. I I won. I'll never forget one year when I was a little kid. I won the raffle at the A's Bank. And we went every year. Like, I had gone to the A's Bank went every year for 10, 15 years of my life. And I won the, like, grand prize. And I, I have so many Ozzy Smith autographs from that thing. Like, it was just just giant box full of cards and balls, and there's like a little miniature bat and all kinds of stuff. Pete can't attest to that. It's kind of like Fergie Jenkins in Des Moines, you know? Okay. I think everybody that wants a Fergie Jenkins autograph probably has one. Hey, or Bob Feller. Best Ozzy Smith story from Clorinda, and then we'll get to the Cyclones, I promise. But they had their bus burned down, the A's bus burned down. A couple summers ago, may have been five summers ago by now. They were not in the bus. No, it was something like electrical went wrong. I don't know exactly what. Nobody got hurt or anything. They were on the, a road trip back, and I think they'd gone to. They stopped to eat somewhere or something. And you know, for an organization like that, funding is difficult. And Ozzy bought the organization a new bus with his own money. Like that's he can't afford it. Yeah, that's pretty. Cool. I once ushered Ozzy Smith and his wife at a wedding as well. Oh. Wow. Like that? Do you think he remembers? No. It's the cycling guy. I do want to get him on mine Ross's show sometime, though, because I, I think I could probably potentially pull that, and I, it'd be really I think cool. think you could, too, yeah. The Wizard of Oz. Was he flipping then? Yeah, back in Clarinda he did. He actually... The somersault? Yeah, that's 
kind of where the whole thing started, from okay. what I understand. I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but I do know that that was kind of the that was still his thing back when he was there. Interesting stuff. All right, um, we'll talk a little cycle and basketball here to to start things off. Some ups and downs during the off season. We'll start with an up, which is Lindell Wigginton. I, you know, I guess I thought guys in. You know, I should have known better, but Pete, I thought when he didn't get the combine invite, now he's an alternate. Um, I just thought, okay, he probably just announced that he's coming back. It's not. You guys, I wasn't there, but you, you were at the Coaches versus Cancer yeah. event on Friday. Steve Prompt's theme's pretty open that he's still going to pursue the NBA draft and work out for as many teams as possible. Well, yeah, Steve said that he's, that Steve's talked to between 10 and 15. Um, different teams. He knows that Lindell's talked to to some of the teams. So, I, you know, like I was like you. I thought that that any day now we'd be hearing the fact that he's coming back to that that he's coming back to school. Something we've all expected. I mean, yeah. But um, we haven't, and we and we still may, uh, might may. Can I say yeah. May in the month of May? I mean, we still oh, might. Yeah. <laughs> There's still time before the May 30th cutoff. But, uh, um, yeah. And why not go work out for you know who. You know, be, for guys, I mean, see what's and see what's out there. You know, get at least get some feedback. Have you been in contact with the Wigginsons at all? Have not. Okay, I, I was, tried. I was curious. If there, there was somebody in their family died recently. Oh, okay. There was some kind of something going on. I was just, I'm curious. What I'm curious of is if there is a cutoff where they need to hear he needs to go before he is it first round. Like, does he need to well, be, what, or would they yeah. would they send him if he's an early second round pick where there's no guaranteed money? Have when, you heard anything? When Travis and I talked to Wigginton, I don't know, sometime after the season, this was last month sometime, um, we both just went up and talked to him. Um, he he made it sound like at that point in time that he would need some kind of guarantee, and one of those guarantees was not to play in the J League. Which Oh, really? He said that? He said that publicly, okay. yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. That's interesting. So, And a lot of number one draft choices played the let me back up. Some of the first round draft choices played in the G League last year. So, you know, I don't I, I don't know whether whether he's changed his mind on that, but if Monte Morris played I wanna say let's just say half the season in the G League and it was probably more. Um do you really think Lindell Wigginton's gonna be in the NBA? You just have to season? wonder though, will is that always going to be the bar for him uh, next year and the year after? I, my thought was when I first saw those comments, okay, that's what it's going to take for him to to come out of college after his freshman season. Now, is is that what he's still going to expect after two seasons of college under his belt or, or three seasons? You know, I, I don't think anybody's going to be able to say, look, you aren't going to get any G League experience at all. You aren't going to be down there at all. Um, My thought was, okay, it's his way of saying, look, it's going to take a ton for me to step away right now, right here and right now, not to come back to college. Yeah, that's what he said. He's not going to go to the G League. But I don't – I don't – like I said, you, you've got to go to the G League unless you're a lottery pick. You're going to be in the G League. I mean, for all you know, practical purposes. So, and he may have he may have of of 
come to his, you know, some come to the realization that and done some research since then that, that a lot of guys do go to the J League. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we don't need to hold him to those comments. Yeah, no, absolutely yeah. not. It's, a good, it's definitely a good bar to set right now because look, you, you've got time, you've got leverage. You, you have no reason to jump to the NBA right now. It's a good, to me, it's a, it's a good bar to set right there for somebody to say, you know, basically an NBA team to say, look, not only are we going to draft you, but we expect you to be on our NBA roster for the entire season. We're not going to send you to the G League. That's, that is, is something that would make anybody obviously say, okay, I'm, I'm not coming back to college. There, that would do there's it. no reason. Now, is that going to be the same bar for him after a sophomore, junior year? That's going to be interesting to see because he's, he's set a pretty high bar early on for, for what he wants. We'll see about that. I mean, it, it's maybe you know he's he's be, become a, he'll become a little more wiser of the fact that that uh, it's not just what am I trying to say here? The bottom guys that go to the G League. Cause there's some pretty good ball players yeah. in the G League. And another another thing to I think that's important to realize too when you're talking about a guy in Lindell's likely draft position, assuming that it's the. Let's say he let's say he he needs guaranteed, which is first round. So he'd probably be towards the end of the first round. You're talking about better teams that you're going to with stronger rosters, with fewer positions for a guy like that to jump up and grab as well. Yeah, usually a lot of these times when you see guys go to the G League, we talked about you know Niang. I think when Niang first got to the NBA, he opened on an NBA roster and then had to get sent to the G League periodically that first league that first year. It's all about getting you some reps, getting you some time, some playing time because especially in Wigington's situation that first year, like you said, if you're ending up on a competitive team, a good team, a deep team, you know, they're if if you're sitting at the end of the bench, they're going to want you to get some playing time. They can't throw you into an NBA game when it matters most, and that's where you see the G League come into to effect usually. And, you know, I think we're all kind of in agreement. You know, I, I actually, you know, I talked to somebody um, over the weekend that's pretty involved in the NBA, and they said the same thing as Pete, that they pretty much, you know, kind of expected by now Wigington to just say, hey, yeah, I'm coming back, but, you know, there there's no hurry to. No. You might as well. Get your workouts in. Get your name out there. Get in front of some people so they can see you kind of develop firsthand. Have either of you guys read anything from draft people that has put him in the first round? I saw something from some draft thing that I'd never even heard of before. See, I saw one for next year, him being a I saw, I've seen round. next year. Yeah, 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 but I've not seen this year. I yeah, and if we learned anything after the NFL draft is not to look at mock drafts. Um, or listen to yeah, there's, experts, there's some, alleged experts. I think but, I would listen to the NBA draft more just because there are there fewer guys. Fewer yeah. But I, I've talked to two NBA front office people, not with the Bulls. I make that got to make that clear. Yeah, you have to anymore. Yeah, and neither one of those guys threw out anything that said that he should not come back. Now let me let me say that a different way. Both of those men that I talked to said that Lindell Wigginton should come back to college. This was after he, it was official last Friday, yeah. that he didn't get, or two weeks ago, that he didn't get invited. Um, that he should come back to college, play for what should be a better team, become the, one of the top two or three guards 
in the nation, your stock goes up. Which he could do. If he's on a good team, you're yeah. darn right. Yeah, he could do that. Your stock goes up. Um, and then after your sophomore year, like I think all of us anticipated, he goes out and he stays out. So, um, raise of hand, not a raise of hands because yeah, that doesn't okay. go to radio here. <laughs> I think he comes back. Does anybody think that he'll end up going pro this year? Anybody here? No, no, he yeah. he's coming back. I mean, the, I think the only surprise here is that maybe it's it's taken this long. I don't think it's a shock though. Like for what we said, just to get your name yeah. out out there in front of people. I mean, I think even after the season, we all knew this was a very high chance of happening. They was going to declare it's the smart thing to do to get the feedback, find out what you got to work on and where you stand with people so you can go through the process next year, especially for a guy that, like many of us have projected, is going to be in this situation a year from now where he's actually going to have to do some soul-searching and uh, decision-making. I haven't seen any place yet where somebody has said, and and trust me, I don't read Twitter nearly as much as you guys do. What are you talking about? So I'm never on Twitter. So I haven't seen any place where somebody has said that, okay, they're removing their, their themselves from the draft. Do you really want to be the first one to do that? <laughs> Once that happens, I think yeah. you could see a you could see some guys starting to do that. And All there right. may be guys out there. Like I said, I'm not living on the Twitter, so I don't know. All right, Cyclone Insider here with the guys from the Des Moines Register. On 1460 KXNO. A few other Iowa State basketball topics to get to. Cameron Large just can't seem to keep his name out of the headlines. Really nothing like serious or that puts him in jeopardy of being off the team or anything. Um, but Tommy, he, he keeps popping up. Um, what did you make of this latest headline? Uh, it just, I mean, to me, it's not this headline. It's the fact that there was a headline before and a headline before. And there's kind of stacking up to be kind of this laundry list of things. Now, they're all minor. It's nothing major that you're like, oh, my God, this is really bad. You got to boot him off a team right now. But it's, it's definitely alarming that you're you're constantly seeing this kid um, not be able to stay out of the news and stay away from getting in trouble for minor things. Even though they're minor things, it's just still constantly happening. They're... It's just a series of red flags. Now, I certainly appreciated what, you know, I wasn't at the Coaches versus Cancer event, but I saw what Steve Brome said in terms of saying, look, it's my job as the basketball coach to not just coach him on the court but off the court, and I've got to help mold him. And he sees a lot of potential in Cameron Lard, but even he was there to say, you know, you know, kind of insinuate at some point, I, you know, I can do all I can do. You, you, at some point, you may have to cut the cord, but it doesn't seem like it's it's at that point yet. But if he keeps getting into trouble, yeah, you're going to reach that point. But it's like I said, it's not this thing that bothers me. It's that there's one, two, three, four. You know, there's so many things. Pete, you're you've been reporting on this. I mean, just to catch people up, what what has he actually been? charged with i mean what are we talking about here oh we're talking about the um, paraphernalia thing but that guy let's go right? back let's go back yeah, yeah we're talking about speeding tickets i think there was one maybe may i'm there were violent traffic let's just say traffic violations moving traffic violations um and then and then the three most 
recent, starting in February, were the speeding ticket that led to the drug paraphernalia, and then which got dropped, right? The yeah, paraphernalia. the drug paraphernalia yeah. got dropped. I mean, just like we all figured it would. I yeah, mean, um, it was in his car, and he borrowed the car, and and it was in the back seat. I mean, so anyway, um, and and it didn't rise to the level of the the officer having to test him to to check his sobriety. There was no question in the officer's mind that that he you know of his of his sobriety. Mm-hmm. So they didn't test him. So yeah, a couple of weeks ago that was dropped. The the paraphernalia was dropped. Kind of hard to get a speeding ticket dropped. Trust me, I know that. Yeah, um, <laughs> probably all. Yeah, do. The, well, but, it's funny because I was just thinking through my mind like, can you get you can't get kicked out of you can't get fired for having a speeding ticket no. from your job or you no. can't get kicked off of the hockey club yeah. for being so far, getting a speeding ticket. Yeah. And then, and then, so I don't know, a, a week or so after, I don't know how many days exactly, a week, let's just say, after um, the drug paraphernalia got dropped, once again, like we all knew it would, um, he gets ticketed or cited, let's just say cited, for being in a bar underage. So, um, Cameron, you're 6'9, you're 200 and whatever, 20 pounds. I mean, everybody knows you play basketball. Everybody knows you're. Your age. Your everybody target. up there. Everybody up there knows who you are. Now, I'm not saying they. I'm not saying they target, but no. But, but I, they know. They know yeah, you. They know you you're under 21. You can't hide. Yeah, you can't hide. Stay out of it. Especially in Ames, where Iowa State basketball, I still think is the biggest brand. Oh, I. I, I mean, football is gaining it's some gaining, traction, but basketball is still the most. Like. You watch those guys, and they don't have helmets on, right? Right, you know they're the most, the, the most obvious. Yes, yes, they're most recognized. Yeah, so all those lumped together, um, none of those have risen to the level of even of even measuring on the student athletic code Richter scale. I mean, so because they're all just minor. So what, I mean, what tickets. are we? Um, what What are we even talking about then? And I, I, I'm for one. I think all this stuff lumped together is news. I'm not one of those fans that thinks that we shouldn't be reporting on right. this stuff. I, I'm not saying yeah. that. I just this does put Prome in a precarious spot with him because it's like here's one of his star players, a guy who, you know, was suspended a couple. He coach's choice, whatever we're calling it. He missed a couple. He wasn't of, suspended. It, okay, he, if coaches, he did, if he had been suspended, then this would have been what happened. There's some legal legality, legal terms with the code of conduct. Yeah, and see that's why Correct. that's why yeah that's anyway. why it's a story because we're trying to figure out back in the day if that was a suspension and, and, or not. Yeah, there's and all we've that. now shown that we're, what's happened most recently shown that it was not a suspension. We're speaking over the head of most fans. Um, so, so the code's I, online, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I don't think most fans even realize that that exists. no, the code's great. It's in black and white. Yeah, I mean, it you don't even it, have to ask anybody. The, the, is he suspended? No, the he's point not suspended. Is or yes, it's black and white. The point of that code is to take the decision making away, from the, away from the coach and so the administrator, so they can't make a decision right. based off of competitive advantage. Exactly. But then, kind of, kind of where the gray area I think kind of exists is okay. Yeah, you're suspended, but does the code when that happens? The code doesn't state how long that suspension is. It says I it's, believe it's two games or, or it, says, a certain it depends percent. on what it is. It's a certain percentage. It's, it, it's of the got season. it in there. It depends on what it is. Okay. Yeah, there there's some stuff and there's also some stuff in there that says coach's discretion. Because yep. if you are suspended, you've got some things that you have to get cleared up. Uh, possibly community service, possibly um, counseling. You know, possibly you know stuff like that. So and it's all different. 
um, you know, for, for whatever, whatever the violation is. So it, it's a wonderful code. And I've seen some of those other codes before of other schools. And this is, I don't know who did it. Well, um, I'm guessing Timmy Day had a hand in it. It's wonderful. The one thing that, that we know, I guess, from this is he needs to straighten up. And I mm-hmm. guarantee you that he'll be having a lot of conversations with Steve Prohm and mentorship type stuff with those guys. Like and we Nick, thought he had problems. The Nick Grams of the world. And-, and we were concerned about him on the floor, his, his body language. You know, for example, um, yeah. yeah so, I, I mean, it's know, just, it's just. I maybe I shouldn't even go on this limb, but I think Cam, for the most part, from people that just watch him on TV, I think he's somewhat misunderstood. Misunderstood think, and misinterpreted. Yeah, I think yeah. he he it's comes like, off kind of like Royce. That's why I don't read yeah. body language. I never understand. You know, I try to read body language, but I never you never know what's just that person versus. Somebody else, too. but you can yeah. tell Cameron, when the body language isn't good. Not always. All right. I mean, well, I think Cam. I think Cam Martin's one of them. When you know, when um, who was the young man? Burton. No. Um, but I mean, he certainly had his fair yeah. share of bad body language. And he, how much did he improve between his junior and senior yeah. year? Who was the guy? Oh, yeah. Um, the homework. Who, he ended up yeah. transferring. He was from Chicago, but he he got caught on camera doing the. The, the certain motion yeah. that I can't even describe oh, on the air. Yeah, that's uh, bad body language. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, well, I guess I would my say, deal with Cam, I would say that's not bad body language. That's just I don't, bad actions. I don't think thing. Cam's like a bad guy. I don't. He he <laughs> comes off as very demonstrative, but it's often I think just he's just an insanely competitive individual. And he's twenty years old. Yeah. And he needs. To, you're right. He From needs Louisiana. to mature a little bit. And once he does, I think he'll be fine. He needs more. He needs to be around Shayak a little. You know. I mean, it's it's. Um, I'm guessing. I'm guessing that. Uh, I'm guessing we'll see a different Cam Lard on the yeah, floor. And, and you know, the, the it's like what you had said there. You know, it's like Steve Prom does have a history of being able to work around these guys, turn them around. I mean. Even Jameel McKay at the end, yep. you know, for everything he went through, the turmoil, he was able to to get him on Steve, you know, Coach Prom's team, you know, and and then you talk about Deontay Burton too. I mean, holy smokes! I mean, what he was able to to turn around from him and get out of him at the very end was pretty amazing. So now that's. If anything, that's I think that kind of gives you maybe sheds a little light on why Steve Prome is being so patient. Not only does it have to do with hey, Cameron Lard's a phenomenal player, and these are minor things right now, but also I think Prome legitimately believes that his role as a basketball coach is to mentor him, turn him around, and guide him on the right path, and he can do that by coaching him. On and off the court. Well, he's definitely a huge piece when it comes to that team next year living up to what we believe will probably be lofty expectations as we talk Iowa State basketball here in the month of May. All right, I, I'm good on basketball. Oh, wait a minute. We had a couple of other headlines from the week. Taylor Horton Tucker, what, Team USA? Team USA is trying out. Yeah, and that's that's a good deal. And then... George Condit is going to going to play on the Puerto Rico team under the under eighteen team in the FIBA. Okay, the FIBA. it's it's what it's what Wigginton did a year ago for it's Canada. What, for Canada, yep. I think I think I think Monte did it. Um, I believe maybe Naz did it for Canada too. I don't know for sure, but but here Monte's not Canadian. 
No, but Monte played on the U.S. Oh, on the United he States. Did, he did. He did something. Okay. Here's, Nas too, right? I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. He mentioned Nas. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. What does um, Prom went over the the dates of all their summer stuff? What's going on? You know, when they when they start working out? He went over that at the um, coaches versus cancer thingy, Bob. Um, so I can't remember exactly, but sometime in early in early June, they start their workouts. Now, early June, Nick Babb's going to be gone. Early June. Um, yeah, Nick Babb has like an internship. He's got an internship in Topeka. Yep. He's gone. Um, Condit's gone. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker won't be there. <clears throat> we don't know about Linda Wigginton. So I did the math there. That's that's four guys, three guys for sure that'll be gone. That's still leaving you with ten players. That's still you got more players left than you had coming than you had most of the time last year. So they'll be all right. I mean, but those guys are going to possibly miss valuable bonding time, mm-hmm. depending on how far they go in their in their respective tournaments. Sucks for Cap City fans. Maybe I mean, that's that they've cut that that league back a little bit anyway. Um, I yeah, think, what what are the details? I haven't. On that? I have not because I, I, I heard there was going to be some changes. In yeah, it, I, I've heard that too, and, and Prom alluded to it the other night. I think it there may be some weeks where there's just two games. Maybe all weeks there'll just be two games instead. I think of that games. helped the league's attendance too. What's that? Cutting it back? Yeah, yeah. I think fewer games would entice people to come out more often. Yeah, and, and Prom said that that his newcomers will play in the league. It's just a matter of when they, you know, how much they'll play. Um, so, all right, we'll see. There you go. That's as much Iowa State basketball talk as the mind can handle oh in, the, in the middle of May. Um, but you know um, what is coming around the corner is football season. We'll have some topics on that. I have one specifically. I want to pick your guys' brain on. We heard from Vegas last weekend. Uh, the first win loss total for Iowa State was released via one of the sports books. We will debate that. Is it too high, too low, or just right? Coming up next here at Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. Hawk Central will be tomorrow night. Uh, Mark Emmert will be in. I believe Phil Parker is going to be on the program with the guys. So that will be from 6 to 7 tomorrow night here on 1460 KXNO. Tommy, the uh, call-up on Friday. Got any plans for that yet? Not yet. Looking for a guest. Uh, should be a big show. It looks like uh, Ross will be pretty pumped about this. It looks like Tim Lincecum is going to be pitching against the Iowa Cubs this weekend. Really? Yeah. Here in he's, town? Yeah, he's with the Round Rock Express trying to trying to make a comeback. No kidding. Yeah. Will you Timmy text Tim. me and tell me when that's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard. I mean, they start a three or four game series on Saturday. The way it works out is he may not pitch over the weekend, but it's still everything goes game to game. Let but me know. He Where pitched last. He at, when's he pitch again? Sounds like tonight. But what they, is they want to. They want to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Boy's Sunday. Not starting. He's uh, pitching in the bullpen. He's a reliever. Okay. Yeah. So what? Tim Wincekum, like man, kind of went like feast or famine with that guy. Yeah, I mean, he was like the. You could make like a like a four year run there where he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. A couple of no-hitters, a couple of Cy Youngs, NL strikeout champion, World Series champion. I mean, holy smoke. He, he's going to appear on some Hall of Fame ballots. 
when he inevitably really? retires and probably at this rate five years from he, now. He got hurt, right? Did he yeah, blow out his arm? Yeah, he's been hurt. Um, just and now he's getting up there. He's getting old. I mean, guys, guys in baseball break down a lot faster than they did during the steroid era. All right, that's good stuff. I'll uh, yeah, keep that's a good keep, me, keep me updated on that. That sounds interesting. I I was a big Tim Lincecum fan, other than when he was showing the Braves. During that one playoff. So you were not a fan of him for a while. No, just not when he was pitching again. But I like the little guy going out there and throwing the heat. Like, yep. there's something about him that was appealing. Um, Iowa State, according to, it was a it was a Vegas book. I believe this was an offshore one. Nonetheless, it was our first look at win-loss totals for Iowa State this year. They pegged it at six. I would venture to guess when you go and when, you know, in the, Sports books here in the states start to really pop them up. I put it about six and a half. I think is probably it'll get enhanced by one. What do you guys think of that? Don't six they always with, go halves. Usually, not all the time. Yeah, six and a half. That's uh, that's what that seems like the right number yeah, to me. That's, I wrote that Sunday or Monday or whatever. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's a good number. I mean, you could make a point. I mean, you could make a case for saying seven and a half because they they won eight games last year. Yeah. So, no, but I they, think, they try to get it to balance yeah, out so you have the same number going over and under. I would agree but, with you. The fact that we're here in central Iowa and we know more about the team, yeah. I think we could all make that argument. I'd certainly go. Nationally, I could see why you put it at six and a half. Six and a half. Trying to get action. Yeah, exactly. I, I'd go over without a question. Yeah, I would too. I, I think right now I've got them pegged at seven and five. Yeah. But, um, what do you think about the number, Tommy? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I would say seven or eight wins. I mean, right now there are so many. I was just looking at the schedule. There are so many question marks on the schedule where you could be like, I could, I, I guess not question marks, maybe swing games. The weird thing is now, two years ago when we were talking about swing games, you're like, well, I, I, if I had to pick a swing game, I would say, oh, I'm going to pick uh, K-State or mm-hmm. I'm going to pick mm-hmm. the other team. Now, Iowa State has kind of made me more of a believer where – I would have more faith picking them in those swing games. And there are a lot of swing games on the schedule when it comes to Iowa, um, K-State. Um, man, um, I mean, Oklahoma, just because, you know, what they lose and now that it's going to be in Ames. I, I, I did that. this I, on Monday. I went through every game. Mm-hmm. I had Oklahoma as a loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had that one down as a I loss. I would say a swing game, but one of those games where— Well, it's certainly an opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. I, I think I had it down as, like, five wins, um, two losses, and the rest were swing games. So throw out the swing games. What do you – do you nail the swing games? Okay. That, that's no fun. Do you, do you have the uh, schedule? I don't know. I just wrote them down as we were talking. Okay, San Diego State, W. Or South Dakota State. Or South Dakota State. State. Yeah, I, I, had that, I had that as a win. Yeah. Akron. I had that as a win. Texas Tech. Win. Oklahoma State. Uh, I had that as a swing game, but I would lean Iowa State in that one. Win. Baylor. I had that as a win. I'm not even going to ask KU. K-State? I had that as a swing game. I but, would lean win in that one. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven. There's, there's seven. UT? Probably a loss. Iowa? Probably a loss, yep. but I could see it going either way. West Virginia, I'm not even going to ask. Oh, you not even going to ask. TCU. Key game. Yeah. I, Key I got, seven or eight game. I had that a loss. You got him seven and five. Yeah, I'm. I have him seven and five with a lot of wiggle room to 
can't have wiggle room. <laughs> no gray area. Can't have gray area. In May, in May you can. Yeah. Can't have I just, gray area. I could. The thing is, on all those, I could see them winning it, or I could see like Iowa. I mean, I think that point spread will be like three or four points. I mean, who would anybody be shocked if they went into yeah, Kinnick and won? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked, but if it were names, I would feel a lot, lot better, lot, lot better picking. Iowa State. They're going to have the same record they had last year. Seven I think, five regular. Maybe it'll be a good game. Here's a column for all of us to write is to look at Campbell's teams on the road compared to at home because I don't feel like they're that much better in Ames. No, but, I mean, early in the season. That's why I, I like Oklahoma, by the at, way. At Iowa, yeah. where but, just two years ago they got thrashed. I mean, yeah. I believe probably. No, I'd have to look at garbage the team. Yeah, though. absolutely. But I'm saying it just. That's I, I all I said was I think I, I would feel a lot better picking Iowa State if that game were names. I think that's right there with Vegas. I mean, very there's going to da- be a three to five point swing. Yeah, that very daunting early season game. I mean, is, is that have they this announced that's a night game? No, they have not. No. Yet. They have Gosh, not. Yet. That's not yet. They will. Uh-huh. I, okay, here's here's the question with me and OU: Is Kyler Murray going? What's he going to do? I don't know. And that I like. The fact that Iowa State gets them at home early. Well, if Kyler Murray plays, then I don't think Iowa State wins. If Kyler Murray doesn't play, well, Iowa State's got a shot. I don't know. Um, all I know is when's the baseball if, draft? June. June. Even if he does, uh, June play, what? Yeah, I know, but early June. Okay, uh, like third through the seventh, something like that. I would so say though, even weeks. if he does play, he's still a new quarterback. You're still working him in. I like the fact that Iowa State gets them early because the the roster. Should not be beaten down. By a thir- that. That's a third yeah. game, and it's, yeah. it's a lot like the Thanks. situation we were talking about last year when it came to Iowa State in Texas. Like you want the, I mean, for the idea that hey, Texas, you envision early in the season. That's when you want to get them before they've kind of figured it out, figured it all out. So I, I, I would say this, and a lot of Iowa State fans probably won't agree with me, but I think one of the reasons why Iowa State was able to beat Iowa as much as they did during that 10-15 year stretch is because that game was the second week. Yeah, right? and that's... we see Iowa State consistently, you know, usually Iowa State starters can compete at a high level, but when you start chipping those guys off, they deter- the, the program deteriorates because it just hasn't had the depth, and they've been able to beat Iowa teams that were much better than them in the past because of that, and what's what's cool about Iowa State this year, gentlemen, is I don't know if you're going to have that as much. I mean, when yep. Bill Snyder comes to down the final game of the year, this team has a lot more depth than ones we've seen in the past. Yeah, exactly. Well, too, also, when you talk about Iowa, I mean, you traditionally see them getting better and better as the year yeah. goes on. So that's absolutely the best time you want to catch them and try to steal a win. When it comes to Iowa State now, I mean, what you were saying, depth, yeah, that's the biggest problem we saw for absolute years, every usually at every position, man for man, one for one, Iowa State could compete. But the second you saw the drop off was one to two. For a lot of teams, not that big of a deal. The drop off, the gap from one to two for Iowa State was just gigantic. So the good thing for Iowa State now is one, you're seeing Iowa State, some of it's just luck, staying much more healthy. I mean, last year, what were some of the biggest injuries for Iowa State? You saw Kyle. Kemp get a little dinged up. but Montgomery at the end of the year. Montgomery at the end of the year. But for the most part, Iowa State was able to stay pretty darn healthy. Yeah. And then, even then, you talk about the drop-off. You have Zeb Nolan that was able to come in. I mean, even Kemp himself was the backup. I mean, the drop-off from Jacob Park to Kyle Kemp, which 
we tend to forget. And then think about Montgomery. Sheldon Crony came in and ran the football well. Yeah, he really did. I might was be really the, well. Might be the most underrated. Not not the most underrated, but probably a very overlooked part of the the end of the season oh, last year. I, I think that's true. The fact that that yeah, Iowa State has Oklahoma early. Um, I don't necessarily buy that that Kyler Murray is going to be learning this system. I mean, he's been backup. I mean, he's been there. It's just been waiting. He was there yeah, last no, year, just just, waiting but his he hasn't turn. Played. I know. Yeah, I, I'm but he, he I'd studied rather... under. He studied under Baker Mayfield. I'm just saying, he studied rather, under Lincoln Riley. I'd rather have him in week three than week yeah, seven. Yeah, and and you know, remember that 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 Iowa State's in the best shape at quarterback with a starting quarterback, a proven starting quarterback than it's been in years. Um, assuming he doesn't get hurt. God, I thought that'd get a reaction from you. No, they, no, you're you're exactly right. Iowa State has its best running back. Assuming he doesn't get no, Iowa State's got his best. The best running back Iowa State since the Davis brothers. Um, even yeah, and even if Montgomery say obviously you don't want David Montgomery getting hurt this season. How dare you even bring it up? <laughs> but if if the line does not make significant strides, that's something you definitely have to worry about. Is there a position group that you feel more comfortable with in terms of talent and depth than running back? Because Receivers. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely talent, talent there. I say, I, defensive I would, line. I'm with you. I have more faith in the running backs than I do. I, I mean, and part of it is the definitely three. the quarterbacks. I, it, I mean, the the quarter. I mean, some. The thing is, some of those other areas, you know, on the team defensive line. What Pete was Pete was saying. That's proven talent. I think part of the the intrigue and excitement when it comes to why we we have so much faith in the running backs is it's like that mystery behind door number three on let's make a deal. That'd be Johnny Lang. Yeah, Johnny. Well, not just Johnny Lang, but Kanae Nwangi. I only have one person behind a door. Can it, well, I mean, you could, <laughs> have, you could, you could have, have a mystery box. Can't have two behind I mean, in cro- like Crony, what about him? Yeah, I mean, you've got, and, I mean. Crony was like the cat's meow during spring ball. They always talked about him. Yeah, he was Mitchell Harker. They yeah. talk about we, everybody we, in spring ball. But, Wait a minute. But uh, the Crony got that, more headlines than anybody. It's a hell of a story, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy he, shot himself, right? Almost and almost moved. I mean, they they sent him out during one practice uh, to play cornerback, I believe. Corner somewhere defensive back. Yeah. yeah. For practice because they were worried that his hand wasn't going to be able to handle the wear and tear of it. So now you've got. Um, David Montgomery, Kanae Nwangu, Johnny Lang, Sean Crony, and Mike Warren. Yep. I, yeah, I, I, that's why I say that's a good thing that they play these guys. Deep Iowa is- State early. It's for with given all that, Iowa State's. I don't think anybody will disagree with me on this. So Iowa State's toughest schedule, toughest part of the schedule, if it's, is its first five games. Correct. And given the fact that that just for all the reasons we talked about. Iowa State should be should be pretty well set for those Peter, first games. Have you gotten your hotel in New York for the Heisman ceremony with Kyle Kemp yet? No, <laughs> not yet. Um, I'm just dabbing at you. That'll be Montgomery. Though. So you did quarterback rankings in the league? Yeah, I did. I've done the running backs already. I did the quarterback. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. Did you put David Montgomery number one or Justice Hill? Justice Hill. Justice Hill's number one. David's number two. Or three. Who? Okay. Who would be? Who's I got to go back and look. Okay. 
What are we talking about? Running backs? Yeah. Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma. Oh, okay. You got him above That's David. A good pick. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. He's a Heisman. He's, yeah, he's, Heisman he's a stud. Then First I had Justice pick. Hill. Then I had David Montgomery. Okay. Then I had the TCU guy, yeah. and then I had the. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I think David's as good as those other guys, but I can't argue with you putting him up. Yeah. There. Yeah, for sure. Last, last year for David? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be, right? I think so. Hope so. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mean back, I hope so. That, that young man needs to go make his money. Yeah. Already been dinged up a little bit last year. You, yeah, you've I, only I, got so my so many miles in the right. tank. Let's yeah. do your list of quarterbacks because this is fascinating because there's so many unknowns in the league. It's a, it's the year of the running back, and it's yep. certainly not the year of the quarterback. Okay, who do Will we Greer, got? Oklahoma. Let's start at West ten. Virginia. Let's start at ten and work back. Can we do that? Yeah. This is Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register's quarterback rankings in the Big Twelve. It was in Monday's paper. Starting at ten. Peyton Bender from Kansas. <laughs> okay, move on. Well, he's one of the top ten guys returning, though. Uh, uh. But uh, Peyton Bender from Kansas. Okay. Number nine, McLean Carter from Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, guy who will put up stats because of the Kingsbury system, right. but we don't know anything yeah. about him. Eight, Drew Brown, Oklahoma State. Same deal. Yep. It's Mike Gundy. You know he's going to put up numbers, but who the hell is that guy? We don't know yet. Seven, Sean Robinson, TCU. Okay. That might be a little low, but... Uh, you know. I mean, I think a similar conversation. Yeah. Six, Skylar Thompson, K-State. A lot of guys will have him higher. but Yeah, I think I'd have him higher, but I want to see who you got ahead of him. Five, Charlie Brewer from, from Baylor. Okay. That's he's, interesting. He's one of the top yeah. ten guys coming He's a back. stud. Yeah. Number four, Sam, I can't say this, Ellinger yep. from Texas. Texas. From Texas, okay. A big guy. Yep. Huge. Yep. Um, the number three, Kyle Kemp. Okay. He's smiling. Where's number, Zeb Nolan? Number two. Yeah, you, you forgot Zeb. Number, flashing signals. Number two to Kyle. Number two, Kyler Murray, Oklahoma. Okay. I, should, right. I still fair. think he comes back, obviously. Sheer talent by far the most He's got more talent interesting than quarterback yeah. Yeah. in the group. I mean, he hit two home runs the day that I the, just after playing Kansas, or Kansas, Oklahoma spring number, game. Number one is Greer from, Greer from West, West Virginia. Virginia. Nobody would argue that. No, yeah. But listen, I, I can't kill you on any of those. I would personally take probably four through six over Kemp, but I can't fault you Give, for yeah. where you put I, him I in. in. And system-wise, he's a good yeah, fit at I took in context the receivers. Yeah. And, okay. And, and the, the fact that he's throwing to a lot of receivers, the fact that he's got a solid offensive line coming back. I like uh I like the Kansas State kid a lot. Yo, you gotta like those guys a lot, yeah. but as a passer or a runner. Yeah, I, I just with in that system. Yeah. You know, he's know. It's, that's it's hard, just it's hard like, to rate them. So. He's perfect like for what Snyder wants to do, but if yeah. you would throw him with Tom Herman, it probably wouldn't be a great right. fit. Yeah. yeah. Same with when you talk about Kyle Kemp putting him in Herman's system or it somebody else's. It yeah. wouldn't work. Yeah, exactly. But like for what Campbell wants, Kyle Kemp is perfect. Safe. Get yeah. the ball to the receivers and let yeah. them make and the get plays. Get rid of the ball quickly too. Right, and let thing. them make the plays, and that's all you need. I, I mean, you I, can... I want to learn more about the uh, Oklahoma State and Texas Tech kids. Those are the guys who I need to study up on. They're they're learning, summer. yeah. Man, and Kingsbury can't be long for this conference. Very. We said that how many years in a row? I mean, he said pretty that. much just put a band aid on everything, just going through and just sweeping in, you know, JUCO guys too. To fix everything. But long-term, that roster does not look... Well, it doesn't appear to be getting any better on a year-to-year no. basis. But, you know, I mean, last year he just barely saved his job. Is there enough to save it again this year? I, I, I want to know more about TCU's kid as well, because they're going to have a really good defense, as they always as do. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. The The league is fascinating to me, and it, this seems like a year where we could look back on, you know, there's 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 all the years. There's there's 2005, where you look back at Iowa State and you go, they missed an opportunity there. There's 2011, the Steel Jancy year, right, where you go, well, they missed, they could have gone eight, and, that was the not inclined combination. I have a feeling this could be one of those years because you've got all these openings at quarterback and you've got what we think will be a really good defense coming back for Iowa State. I feel like opportunity's knocking. Right? Well, and I remember thinking that going into this this last season, the 2017 season, when you looked at Oklahoma transitioning into a new coach, you know there was a little bit of, okay, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas, new coach. Baylor, going everything through everything that they're going through. Kansas. Just being Kansas. Um, <laughs> Talk about a guy on a hot seat. Yeah. You know, um, even question marks at K State. Everywhere you looked in the league, you're like, man, there are a legitimate question marks with some big time teams. You kind of saw starting last season was when this window kind of opened for Iowa State to really do some 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 good things under Matt Campbell. It's open for next season too, but it's not going to stay open forever because Baylor is eventually going to. Are they? I think so. Okay, I, I, mean, I don't. You seem more confident on that one than me. It's going to take some time. I like him a lot as a coach, but I don't know if he's going to stay there long enough to see, do it. Why is he out interviewing for NFL jobs exactly. and stuff? Like yeah. that, I can't help but ask myself that question. Like it, if they're which he was in January. Yeah, he was the yeah. Indianapolis Colts right, job. Yeah. But, I mean, now uh, the the other question marks don't seem as big a question marks or concerns now because now Oklahoma, you're like, okay, they're fine. They're, they're... I actually think that they have a really high ceiling under Lincoln Riley. Yeah. yeah. And then you, the same thing when it comes to Texas and Tom Herman, you know. Now, I mean, question marks are kind of – They're always going to be there with kids. Who replaces Snides? That's a question, too. Or – Win is Snides. Well, yeah, exactly. But that I love Snides. I've never heard that one. Oh, That's yeah. great. We'll see. That in I was called the vampire. Person. I mean, I thought what we thought like five years ago I know. could have been the end of it. I I've mean, written that all the time. I Every year I've written that. I just pull it out and change a year. All right, boys. Uh, we'll be back. More Cyclone Insider after this. 1460 KXNO.